welcome to the Burst Ball Podcast, episode 220. I'm your host, Tom McKinnon, and I'm joined by Calm Fisher. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, just a kind of typical Sunday, mm. a wee bit hungover, but, but uh, all ready to, to go tonight for the pod. Yeah, uh, a small, small cast, you could say, just the two of us, but there's technically <clears throat> a, like a, a third member like, in yeah. the listeners. It's like a it's like a Scotland summer friendly. The majority of players have uh, pulled out, mm-hmm. and the guys that want more of a look in have decided to come along anyway. Mm-hmm. And the quality will be greatly reduced, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, we've got a few Kenny uh, Kevin McDonalds in the team, um, and that's quite a nice. We uh, place to start. We'll start with the Hamden decision. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to see a wee bit more about this, head to the Burst Ball Twitter. Where we've got well, we've retweeted one of Hamish's about uh, Hamish's tweets about um, Stuttgart stadium upgrade, which could be applied mm-hmm. to uh, Hamden. That's night. That's worth a wee watch. And we've got designs of what Hamden could look like. So if you've got a spare two minutes, it's worth a wee look. Hamish, what, <laughs> I've done it again. I've done it again. Fisher, what do you think of it? Uh, just so to fill everybody in, there was a we. This is our second take at trying to do this, and in the mm-hmm. first take as well, Tom called me Hamish. Uh, as well mm-hmm. um, I, I was kind of one of the people that fancied a bit of a change and I, I like Murrayfield as a stadium um, and I think I, I go along the, the kind of line of thinking that a lot of people have that Hamden isn't <clears throat> excuse me Hamden isn't a great place to watch football but mm-hmm. the more it's kind of came to the deadline and decision the more I've kind of warmed to the idea of, of staying at Hamden um, and, and keeping it in Glasgow because obviously within Scotland the home of football is Glasgow um, and it would have been a shame to lose that however I do I do agree that, that significant improvements are needed at Hamden because mm-hmm. <clears throat> unless you're kind of uh, sorry I should say if you're behind one of the stands at, at the goal you know it's, it's not great to watch at all and even you know there aren't really many great seats at Hamden um, so definitely something like the Stuttgart model, I think, needs to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it, they could have maybe taken it round Scotland? I know they've said that that could still happen. Um, I think. Um, well, I still think it would. I still think they should do it. I, I mean, I don't. For example, that even the Albania game, and certainly the Belgium game, there's no reason why they can't be taken to an Easter Road, uh, Tynecastle, Petodre, um, mm-hmm. and it just. Uh, it just it makes it look a bit better on the television. Um, it increases the atmosphere, and I say it, it takes it to areas of Scotland where, albeit Scotland, you're always going to get your kind of um, hardcore supporters that come from far and wide um, in Scotland to come and support the team. But there are obviously supporters that that don't get the chance to see Scotland as much as they would maybe like. So the idea, especially um, because I, I remember we had. A game up in Petodre against the Faroe Islands, and we've played Qatar at Easter Road. Um, but mm-hmm. a, a game against Belgium, you know, a team that finished third in the World Cup uh, in the summer, take that to Petodre or, or obviously one of the one of the Edinburgh stadiums, somewhere like that. I think would be would be good. Um, it means that the 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 smaller number of people that would go, um, if it was at Hamden, it doesn't, as I say, it doesn't look as bad. Um, and and these other stadiums, um, and I think as well. The good thing, and I think England have tried to capitalise on the kind of good momentum um, and positive feeling about the national team by uh, they're they're starting to take more games um, around England, and it just start it, there's more of a connection with the national team. I think if you take it all around the country, um, whereas if you just keep it in Glasgow, obviously it can be very um, West Coast kind of uh, centred around the kind of West Coast of Scotland and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so I certainly would say that, that taking it around the country would be a good idea. Mm. Did you catch much of the Scotland, the two games? I, I didn't see any of the Belgium. Well, I, I saw maybe 10 minutes of the Belgium game. I saw most of the mm. second half of the Albania game. Um, and to be fair, Scotland did look pretty good, I thought, at times. Um, I just, I'm not sure if I, if I agree with the idea of trying to fit Robertson and Tierney in the same team. Um mm. Uh, especially when you've got somebody um, that plays even further forward on the left, like Ryan Fraser, um, playing really, really well for Bournemouth at the moment. I mean, he scored two goals yesterday against Leicester, um, and I think, it, I think for the good of the team, 
Um, it might be worth looking at drop, and you know, I think most people would would say that Robertson he's the captain now as well as the better player. So playing your kind of your four um, with Robertson on the left and left back and, and Ryan Fraser ahead of him. Um, how likely that is to happen, I'm not sure because obviously McLeish seems to have settled on this three five two formation. Um, but mm-hmm. I thought Scotland were, were pretty good against Albania. McGinn played well. Naismith obviously got a goal and a goal and a half, I suppose you could say. Um, I, I th- yeah, I thought Scotland were, were pretty good. McGregor made a couple of good saves as well, mm-hmm. and it's just the kind of performance you want against Albania. Nothing, obviously, that you'd like Scotland to win every game um, and score as many goals as possible. But I think everybody realizes the kind of limitations in this Scotland team. Um, and so especially after the way we lost to Belgium to go out and be as efficient as we were against Albania, uh, win the game um, and get a wee bit of positivity around the national team, I thought it was a, a job well done and it was a, a really good start to a group um, in terms of Nation League that, let's be honest, we, we really we really should be winning. Yeah, well given Israel struggled, I think they got beat off Northern Ireland and you right, to think at least. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least at that sort of level. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Scotland, as much as we like to talk down the national, uh, the national team and things like that, we should be beating Israel and Albania every time we play them, whether it's home or mm-hmm. away. With the players we've got, particularly when you've got, as I say, Andy Robertson, uh, Ryan Fraser, John McGinn, players like that, uh, Naismith, who I'm sure will come on to, is in great form at the moment. Um, and you do, as you look through the squad, we have actually got a pretty decent squad of players. It's just that we're trying to get the best out of those players. Um, and obviously, McLeish thinks he's, he can do that with the system that he plays. But um, it was really, really important, I think, for Alex McLeish as well to get the win because I think if we hadn't, then you're already starting to see a lot of opinion. I mean, I don't think a lot of people were particularly enamoured with his appointment anyway. Um, and so it was really crucial for him to get a win. As I say, it's only it's only Albania. No disrespect to them, um, but you know it was a it was a good win and it's a good uh, launching pad, I suppose, if you like, um, for Scotland to push on now. Mm-hmm. I think we'll play. That's a nice wee place to end it, and we'll move into the weekend's action. We'll start with to proper football. What was that proper yeah. football? Well, no, no, not not a good weekend for <laughs> football. Um, Rangers four Dundee nil Fisher. Yeah, um, a really complete performance from Rangers. Um, was obviously at the game yesterday. Um, was four, could have been five or six, should have at least been five when Morelos is gone. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aye, I'm not sure what your take on, uh, take on it is, but uh, pretty much <laughs> I think everybody mm-hmm. agrees that Morelos was, was onside. Um, we played really, really well. Uh, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought um, the kind of interplay between the midfield and going into the final third, with particularly Ryan Kent, was really, really mm-hmm. good. I mean, I, I put it in the group chat after, I think it was about 10 minutes, it genuinely, I said it could be 7 or 8 here, um, and that wasn't me over-exaggerating. We were all over them to begin with, and then there was a bit of a, a lull after, kind of about 5, 10 minutes after, it went 2-0, and... Um, and Dundee had a couple of like pot shots from from range. It didn't really cause us too many problems, um, but Rangers were really really good. Um, and on another day, could have had could have had a few more goals as well. Um, still not perfect. I think we weren't maybe as ruthless as we could as we could have been, um, but still, uh, that's the kind of performance, particularly after after an international break, um, and on the back of a, a really disappointing old firm performance. Um, that's the kind of win you want, just a routine win of, against a team that you really should be beating. Getting a couple of goals, a lot of players playing well, Kent played well, Arfield was good, Killer Alley coming in was good. Andy Halliday, again, I think the last time I was on the pod, I said Andy Halliday had, kind of, had started really, really well this season and, and I, I was one of his biggest critics. I'd completely written him off, but yesterday he was absolutely flawless. Mm in the midfield um, and obviously good for, for Glenn Middleton to come on and get his first uh, his first goal for Rangers as well so so all in all a good performance for Rangers um, on the flip side of that Dundee weren't great at all really um, there were a couple of chances particularly on uh, sorry a couple of times particularly on the break where it looked like they were, they were going to cause us some trouble um, and as I say they did have a couple of pot shots mainly from distance 
um, and things like that. But they didn't really cause us too much bother. And defensively, they, they were very, very open at times. Um, but you can obviously see the kind of the way that Neil McCann's trying to play, but it's just not working mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, you could sort of see the half chance they got with Musa on the volley came when they mm-hmm. sort of just totally dropped the idea that they were going to keep playing out from the bat or playing it short, which is what they had been doing pretty much since McCann came in. Sort of long ball up to um, the striker and Musa as a sort of half chance. Um, yeah, that's what they were restricted to for the majority of the game, to be honest with you. As I said, there were a couple of times on the break where we kind of left ourselves a little bit open and there's one chance where Miller slips it through Um and I can't remember who it was actually, but they're kind of through on goal, and they just take that that mm. one more that one touch too many, and McGregor kind of just smothers it. Um, but as I say, the rest was mainly from distance. Just they don't. This is what I was saying last night because it was, was speaking to, to to Johnny and Lewis and, and Hamish last night when I met them. Dundee have got. I'm not going to say they've got a good team there because they they clearly don't have a good team, but they have a capable team to be better than what they're showing at the moment. And I just feel as though it's maybe, obviously going to Ibrox and then obviously going to Parkhead as well for teams like Dundee is a bit of a free hit mm-hmm. in terms of, regardless of whether you've lost your first five or um, or you've won them or whatever, it's still a bit of a free hit. Um, I believe they're, they're playing Hibs mm-hmm. next as well. Um, I just think, I, I think they've got players there to get out of the situation I just think that a change of manager might be what's required and I, I, I don't like saying that because I, I like Neil McCann obviously he's, he's played for my own team Rangers and, and, and did very very well for us always comes across quite well as a pundit and things like that and he did do well when he initially when he went in mm. at Dundee but just just yesterday and maybe it is unfair to judge them because as the first full 90 minutes I've seen and they're obviously against a team in Rangers Get better players, more money to spend on players, etc. And obviously, there's, there's there's a bit there's a, a good feel a feel good factor around Rangers at the moment. Um, but I just think unless obviously he can go to Hibs and then I can maybe kickstart their season a little bit. Um, but they just they, they didn't look great at all. But I still believe that the, the, there's enough players there to get them out of trouble. But as I say, it's just whether they need, they need a change of manager or not. Mm. Well, I don't know what your take on it is. Obviously, you've seen more of Dundee. Mm. I was um I was at Dens funnily enough on Friday for official programme duty. Speaking to Andy Boyle, the new <laughs> signing who played centre half, I think, mm-hmm. yesterday. Um and you he was quite quick to emphasise how good the atmosphere is. Uh, and I could sort of see that myself in around the players. They seemed mm-hmm. like they hadn't lost four games already or four league games a season and uh, yet to pick yeah. up a point. Uh and he, he also Boyle emphasised the fact that it's how good the training is under McCann, which obviously mm-hmm. is not translating to the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem it didn't seem like there was any unrest on that side in my fairly short stint inside, but uh, <laughs> it just doesn't look, it doesn't read, it just does not look good at all for McCann at this stage. It, I don't know how much longer he's got, given they've got Hibs next on Saturday, as you said, and I don't think it gets any easier than that uh, coming up. Oh, no, I've seen that. They're way at Hamilton and then at home to Killy. Uh, he might get to those games, you think, because realistically, would... he can't, he'd probably not expect many points off of Rangers at Ibrox mm-hmm. and Hibs. Um, but he's this is his squad now. He's not really got any excuses in terms yeah. of he's still working with Hartley's men. Uh, this is very much the squad in his image. He's got players that can play it from the back, or he, who he thinks can play it from the back. Um, and he's totally changed the strike force. We can't say he doesn't have the strikers for it, but I'd be very surprised if, in a month's time, Dundee are higher up the table and he's still in a job. But he started the season last year quite badly as well. I don't think it was this bad. Um, but is Lightning going to strike twice or has he maybe just been found out a wee bit in what has been quite a strong division so far? Yeah, well, maybe it's even just a case of, as we're talking about the way they play, trying to play it out in the back and things like that, it's very seldom that teams 
will come to Ibrox. Um, you know, teams that the Rangers are expected to beat, the teams will come to Ibrox, try and play out from the back, try and, you know, the, the way Dundee can play and get a result. Usually, the way teams will get a result at Ibrox, or the kind of lesser teams, with no disrespect to any Dundee fans, um, or less fancy teams, I should say, um, is, to, is to frustrate Rangers um, and try and uh, stop them from creating chances and things like that um, and, and sit in. Um, and Dundee didn't do that at all, as I say, left himself very exposed. Again, I suppose, I, I don't know if you would say Hibs next week as, as a free hit because they are at home. And then you said they're away to Hamilton and then at home at Kilmarnock. So going away to Hamilton, you know, for teams that are kind of at the same level of Ham- as Hamilton, um, is is never easy, um, especially if and it, you know it's very likely that Dundee could be going away to to Hamilton having lost. They'll be if they lose to Hibs, obviously that's six games, um, and then Kilmarnock at home, who obviously we'll talk about Kilmarnock shortly, um, are again this season looking like a very very formidable side. So as you say, it doesn't really get any easier. I'm with you. I'd be very very surprised if he's if he's there come even maybe the start of October, to mm. be honest. Yeah, looking forward, uh, from a Rangers perspective, Villarreal away on Thursday, mm-hmm. what are you expecting from this game? Um, it's, it's strange because I, I've not really thought about the Europa League group stage in terms of expectations mm. um, because we weren't really expected to, to be there. Um I guess uh, Villarreal haven't had a great start to the season. I've, I've kind of done when the draw came out. Obviously, did a bit of research and the teams were playing and things like that. And they, and to be fair to them, the, you know they have as you as you'd expect with a Villarreal side, uh, they do have a very very impressive squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've not been they've not had a great start to the season. I mean they're, they're sitting in thirteenth in La Liga, one one drawn one and lost two, um, with a goal difference of minus one. So that would indicate that it obviously it's maybe not clicked for them at the start of the season. I think we'll go there and I think we'll obviously look to to do what we've done away in Europe so far this season under Gerard. Keep it tight and see if we can nick something. Um, I think we're more than capable. I honestly think we're capable of getting something from the game. Uh, I don't. I'm not going in there expecting us to 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 outplay Villarreal in their own patch and things like that, especially given. This is a team made up of of players that, um, although the, there is players that have played uh, in Europe before for different clubs, in terms of for Rangers, this is obviously the first time mm-hmm. we've played in the group stage of European competition in eight years. Um, so for a lot of players, it will be a, a, a new experience. Um, I don't think we'll disgrace ourselves, even if we do lose. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, but I, I, I do think we can... I, I suppose I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we can get something, um, but as as I say, this is this is where the the real tests in Europe come. Obviously, we've we've, we've um, negotiated some fairly tricky ties so far, um, and we've done very very well. But for myself, it's just I I don't really have too many expectations. I just want to enjoy Rangers being in proper European competition again. Um, and anything that we do in Europe as a bonus. I do think they can compete in this group. I wouldn't go as far to say as I'm confident we'll go through, but I definitely think there is potential for Rangers to be very competitive and to take points for the group. Um, so on Thursday, I think we can get a draw, but as I say, it, it will be a difficult game, regardless of whether Villarreal obviously have, have had a bit of a sticky start or not. I think that quite neatly sums up Rangers 4 Dundee nil. Uh, as for Kenny Miller, we shall get to him in this mammoth questions uh, marathon that we'll have at the um, end. Oh, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> moving on from one side with a hundred percent record to the other side in the league, Hearts Hearts one Motherwell nil. Do you think the goal should have st- stood, Fisher? Uh, yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see really much wrong with the goal. Having looked at it, um, it's looked at it. Kind of watched the goal a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. Is there what? What is it that is kind of what's the bone of contention with the goal? Is it the challenge of yeah, the goalkeeper? Yeah, like Piazzo on Trevor Carson, who looks like he's gonna be quite uh, out for quite a while. So get well soon, Trevor Carson. 
What, what was it? I'm guessing it's a, was it his yeah, ankle. Yeah, he looks really. There's a picture. Yeah, quite bad. Uh, it did look a bit of a. Um, it did look a bit of a, a, a tough one. Like a, not a tough one. That's not the word I'm looking for. But a kind of um, innocuous mm-hmm. one. Um, and then obviously, because you can, you see him try to get the ball from Naismith. I'm not entirely sure what part of his body he's trying to go for, mm-hmm. to the ball with. Um, but obviously you do see that he tries to get the ball uh, for me personally I think the goal is, is fine uh, just surprised to see Motherwell concede a goal in that kind of manner because you're not really used to seeing Motherwell concede those kind of mm-hmm. goals um, I actually put in our predictions I thought Motherwell might actually beat Hearts um, maybe I've just underestimated Hearts um, good start has been more because obviously Celtic haven't quite been up to speed in the league yet um, Aberdeen obviously as we'll talk about haven't really done what people expected them to do, and and, and Rangers are, uh, you know, start a new season with new manager, new players, etc. Um, so maybe maybe not haven't haven't given Arts enough credit, but they looked good again mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, certainly looked like it could have been more than more than one. Obviously, in saying that, Muddle did have a couple of good chances, but uh, Hearts really with the momentum they've got at the moment um, are doing really really well. To be honest, I think. I don't know if you agree or not, but certainly exceeding expectations mm-hmm. um, by paying, you know, 15 points um, at, the start, at this stage of the season. Um, I believe we've got some questions about whether they can be um, deemed as le- legitimate title challengers mm-hmm. uh, later on. Um, but yeah, done really, really well. And obviously Stephen Naismith at the start of the season. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know about what you think, but I think when he went to Hearts last season, a lot of folk we're kind of like, he's, he's not the same player, he's a lot slower, he doesn't look fit, but he's been absolutely fantastic for, for Hearts and obviously he was very, very good for Scotland against Albania as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, it's as much as it's a good thing for Hearts, uh, quite a good thing for Scottish football fans because if we can get someone scoring like Naismith who can play up front on his own for Scotland in the bigger games uh, but also is equally as effective as we saw um, on Monday night and since the, or this season at Hearts he can play with a strike partner it doesn't have to be a huge big physical striker obviously he's got that Hearts and like Piazzu but um, the closest thing we've probably got uh, for the national team is uh, McBurney who is probably doing him a bit yeah. of a disservice but um, previously we've sort of had strikers like that like you couldn't really trust to play on their own um, sort of name mm-hmm. the thinking of Boyd um, but in Naismith, you've got an incredible, even put him in midfield, he's incredible versatile. And if he keeps scoring at this rate, then it's actually quite a, sort of a, a bit of a blessing for McLeish, given that he obviously wasn't um, in his plans, definitely not over the summer. And yeah, even for, he wasn't in the initial Yeah, squad. even for that, those games he wasn't in. Um, so, yeah, if he can keep scoring, McBurney's doing well down south or down in Wales. Um, and obviously you sort of know what you're going to get with Griffiths. That's quite a good pool to choose from when you consider the striking options have been fairly bleak for a few years now. It's actually looking to be a bit better. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have predicted, and I get it does go along with the, the, the good start that Hearts have had to the season. I don't think anybody would have predicted that the best Scottish striker at this stage, uh, or you know, when Naismith went to Hearts mm-hmm. in January, I think, as I say, a lot of people did think he was finished. Um, and I don't think anybody would have predicted he would probably be Scotland's best striker. Obviously, we're talking about McBurney. Griffiths has got the ability that we know about, but um, Naismith is certainly, I think, at the moment, Scotland's best striking option. Um, and again, yesterday, it's just typical energy from Naismith to get the goal. Just running, you know, senses where the ball's going to break, runs in, good finish. Um, and he just must be a complete pain in the arse to play against, to be honest. Um, so yeah, we'll try not to say too much about Hearts being titled contenders because they are featured very heavily in the questions, as you might expect. And given we've got <laughs> Kenny Miller and Hearts, given we've got questions about arguably every single topic on earth, it was inevitable that they would come up. Um, moving on to the best game in the top flight, probably this weekend, and one of the best in the country, Hibs three, Kamarnik two. A game that featured two absolutely stunning goals. Fisher, which was better, Stevie Mallins or Stewart's? Ooh, I'm on the fence with this one. I'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah, it's two goals of 
<laughs> absolutely brilliant. I think the Kilmarnock goal, um, the build-up play was stunning. They just made it look so, mm. so easy. Um, sort of just the basic, just passing it past players, everyone passing, moving. Um, and then the mm-hmm. finish, just if you had to describe curl in on your left foot, then you, the perfect goal, it was probably that. Yeah. Um, but Stevie Mallon's free kick was incredible. Although, uh, it's just, I, I always like a free kick that kind of goes, I, I don't know if this will make sense, but the way Mallon hits it is like the opposite yeah, way you, you mean. expect that free kick to be taken. Like it goes across the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I always like free kicks that go in like that. I think they always look pretty special. Mm-hmm. Is that your favourite then? I, I think so, but I'm on the fence. I mean, they're both good goals. And then obviously the, the Kilmarnock goal as well, as you say, the build-up. I like a well-worked mm-hmm. goal uh, too. Um, just both, you know, all all really fantastic goals. It was like um, earlier when I was uh, I was going out just in the car on the radio, and I think it must have been. I'm not really sure what they do on a Sunday, but it's when there's no games. But it's what it was uh, sports sound, um, and it was it was Hugh McDonald <clears throat> and Billy Dodds were on, um, and like they asked, I think Billy Dodds must have been doing this game for for sports yesterday or something and they were just talking about uh, what goals to watch out for and the highlights later and Billy Dodds basically just like just listed every goal from this game uh, I, like it's just like uh, it's just a, a cracking game um, but I'd say I, I this is I think this is probably the kind of game we expected from Hibs and Kilmarnock too definitely the Hibs are always an entertaining team to watch um, and Kilmarnock will give everybody a game so it's exactly the kind of game that you would expect Another, there was another quite good goal I think David Gray's header um, was really nice it was quite reminiscent of a goal that he scored um, for Hibs I can't remember who it was against Fisher, can you remember that goal? oh, it was the, the Scottish Cup final, that one <sighs> it's having me my hangover worse or I mean, if I if, if if I go offline, it's just you talking on your own, you know. So you need me, you need me tonight, mate. Mm-hmm. I need you always, Fisher. So, apologies. Um, no, that's me. That that will be it. That'll certainly be it. on the group chat that way. The SFA have come under criticism this week, rightly so. Um, after spelling, amongst other things, spelling. Uh, Stephen Clark's name wrong. What did you make of that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just. I, I mean, the SFA have obviously got the, the. I don't know what would you call it, the database of everyone that's involved in Scottish football. So you would think that they would just kind of go into said database, have a look at how it spelled the guy's name, and then make sure they've got it correctly. Um, because when obviously Kilmarnock seem to just want to fight the SFA uh, at the moment um, and Steve Clark wasn't exactly happy um, to begin with so to then spell the guy's name wrong it's just it's just amateur hour isn't it it's just kind of what everybody expects of the SFA even when it comes to a simple task like spelling like it's, but with the greatest of respect to teams in League 2 or whatever right it's not even as if it's like a uh, it's a war league manager that no one's really, that nobody really kind of knows or anything like that. Like Steve Clark's a fairly well-known manager. You would think that they would know how to spell his, his full name or just save themselves mm-hmm. the grief and put Steve Clark. You know, um, just a very, as I say, just the SFA can can literally do no right at the moment. Yeah, that's, that was my thinking. Was they've come under a lot of criticism in the last two weeks, especially. Um, surely you'd be checking and rechecking statements just because it's the last thing they need is for a, a basic error. They just about can get away and stick their head in the sand over the decisions that the referees have made. And that's exactly what they've been mm-hmm. doing. But something like this is just basic. Just It's just, um, as I say, it's just amateur ever type stuff. Like the, the governing body... It's one of the, you know, you would say probably one of the most well-known managers in the league. Just do yourselves a favour. They must have people that check the statements as well before they go out. You know, they, I think 
every like they they have a PR um, section and things like that. So it just amazes me that that mm. that managed to to go out. Do you know? Just uh, just shooting themselves in the foot. That should be the new uh, SFA mantra. Just One shooting ourselves in the foot. side that shot themselves in the foot was Hamilton with their poor defending, trying to stop Lawless's absolute screamer in the one 0 win. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a fair amount of um, cracking goals this weekend. Actually, to be fair, uh, probably one of the best, probably the best weekend for goals of the season so far. Would you say? Mm. Oh yeah, the season seasons. Yeah. Seasons, um, yeah. Just Livingston again, just pro- proving to be a complete pain in the ass to play against. Um, by the looks of it. Uh, no, but fair play to them. I think everybody had Livingston down and out before they'd even kicked a ball. Um, I, I needless to say, if Kenny Miller was still in charge, I think that statement might have been fairly accurate. Um, but uh, Livingston again doing really, really well. Um, you know, I think they're a club that kind of realise their limitations, but in the same way as their opponents, Hamilton have done since coming up. Like they, they've they've made themselves hard to beat. Since uh, since Gary Hope came in, obviously they've won games now. Um, I don't think anybody wants to go and play. I was about to call it Almondvale there, but obviously it's the Tony Macaroni Arena. Um, it's not been Almondvale for some time. Um, so yeah, a, a good result and the type of result. It's very cliche to say, but it's the type of result that if you want to stay in the league, you need to be beating teams that are going to be around you, like Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did Tricky that place to go to when pellets outnumber humans 10,000 to one. I, when you're essentially playing in a girl's hockey pitch for like the kind of stuff that you used to you used to go training on on like a, a Thursday night mm-hmm. and you'd like scrape your knee and stuff like that and you just hated it. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just mental to see like in the top flight, just watching like the highlights earlier, and just like these black pellets just spraying up everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just it is ridiculous. But as I say, it's within the rules, and it's gonna it is gonna work to Livingston's advantage because, as I say, no team wants to go and play there. I think managers have made it clear, players have made it clear that they hate these kind of surfaces. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, fair, as I say, fair play to them. Moving to a game that was quite poor, I think. St Johnson won, Aberdeen won. Um, and I'll ask you this, Fisher. Are mm-hmm. Aberdeen rubbish? Um, I, I, they're no. not great, are they? Uh, I don't want to say they're rubbish because I haven't thought they've been particularly great for the past two seasons and they've still managed to finish <laughs> above my team. Uh, but... They looked fairly void of ideas yesterday. It just isn't great to watch. Um, obviously, they had 17 shots, um, seven of them on target. Like They had the majority of the possession, majority of the game. St. Johnston, after a kind of poor last season, have kind of, I think are starting to re-establish themselves where we've been accustomed to St. Johnston being mm-hmm. under Tommy Wright. Like, you know, last season, you're probably seeing Aberdeen going and winning that game. Um, whereas again, whereas in previous seasons and as was the case yesterday, St Johnston make it very very difficult to team to, for teams um, to go to McDermott Park and and, and win. Um, so yeah, Aberdeen weren't great though, and I don't really know. Wait, it's difficult to judge um, because we've all been accustomed to Aberdeen like. It, if throughout the, the kind of recent seasons under McInnes, at times they do struggle. They do kind of struggle to find their feet early on, but when they get going, they tend mm-hmm. to be very, very consistent. Um, whereas at the moment they seem to be, well, kind of like you said, consistently quite rubbish at the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's maybe because they've had an obviously they've had a fairly poor window? It looks like that way anyway, feeling to replace McLean and Christie's creativity. Um, combined with probably the mm. league being the strongest it's been for quite a long time. Do you think yeah. that sort of worked particularly against Aberdeen? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the thing is, right, if you compare, obviously, their team to Rangers and Celtic, Rangers and Celtic have got a better team than Aberdeen 
I think if you ask anyone at the moment, maybe even in the summer probably as well, with Aberdeen losing Christie and McLean, um, if you say to them, well, who, who out of Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs, you know, they, they cannot the rest of the, the top six, um, and I'll get to Kilmarnock in a second uh, before uh, Casey's probably shouting at whatever device he's, he's listening to this on at the moment. Um, like you would, you would probably say you would take Hearts and Hibs's teams over Aberdeen, and obviously that is definitely the case now. Kilmarnock as well, I think yeah. there's a there's a good argument to say that you would, you know, that's and I mean I was I was going to say they're on that's the level they're at, but obviously at the moment they're you know, Kilmarnock have, have been better than Aberdeen mm-hmm. so far this season. I would say, obviously, they're kind of 7th and 8th, Kilmarnock get a point and they've beaten Aberdeen this season. Um, but I still think Aberdeen, obviously, Aberdeen will be absolutely fine this season. I just don't know. I just don't really expect to see them up challenging for second in quite the way we've, we've been used to. I don't know what you think about that, though. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, that's probably fair. Um, the it's not as if um, Christy and McLean left out of the blue. They knew both of yeah. them were leaving, given technically they were both on loan in the last mm-hmm. six months. Um, and there were two massive parts to the side. I think Christy sort of drifted in and out of the team towards the end of his spell, but McLean was probably in the best form of his life in his Aberdeen career anyway. Um, in the, those final six months after getting the deal at. Uh, Norwich, but mm-hmm. um, so it's not as if uh, A. McInnes has not known about this and B. he's not had the funds to do so and he's went he's sort of gone down south and got the two yeah. boys from Peterborough who so far uh, definitely Forrester and probably not quite as much Gleason, but he's not quite as creative as the players lost or Forrester is supposed to be but Forrester particularly mm-hmm. hasn't been very good and I know Ryan's not his biggest fan um, and I've only seen him. I've seen him play once in the flesh, and then the two games against Burnley. Or did, did he play in the first one at Pataudry? Uh But he definitely was involved in the Turf Moor game. But uh, he just looks so slight. And I know I don't want to sound like a, a dinosaur here, but I'm not saying everyone's got to be six foot three and um, massive or anything. But he just he does seem like what you'd expect a sixteen year old who's playing. Um, sort of like what Harry Cochran looked at the start uh, Cochran looked at the start of his Hearts career last season um, mm-hmm. but to, unlike Cochran, Forrester doesn't seem to have that level of ability and I don't think he's that young either I think he's he's, he's played a lot of games for Peter anyway, 25 he is so it's not yeah, as if he's a young guy that's, that's kind of just starting to head into kind of peak years mm-hmm. you, would, you would assume for a, for a professional footballer mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, just looking at obviously looking at the team for yesterday, uh, um, even you take the team from yesterday, the squad that they've got at the moment, and compare it to the squad they had two years ago, the, there is a drop off in quality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as I say, I think they will be fine this season, but uh, I, I think maybe I, I certainly think Hearts, of course, at the moment have overtaken them. Hibs. I mean, it could be argued Hibs just weren't. If Hibs were a little bit more consistent, then they would have been closer to second place mm-hmm. last season. Um, so it's just they're just they're not great in the moment. But that that could change. As I say, Aberdeen have been written off plenty of times before, um, and have and have proven people wrong. So I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't bet against it at the moment. Um, however, if there was a season. Um, that I was particularly confident that they wouldn't be finishing second, that this would probably be the most confident. Moving on to the last and probably least exciting game of the Premiership fixture list, it was uh, St Mirren nil, Celtic nil. Um, Oren Kearney's mm. first match in charge, and they were quite impressive, St Mirren. Yeah, they were. Um, first half especially, of uh they looked, they looked good. Second half, I was a little bit disappointed because I thought, well, if they play how they played in the first half and the second with Celtic obviously being down to 10 men, then I thought there was a there was an opportunity for St Martin to go on and win the game, to be honest. Um, but they did sit very, very deep. Like The two centre-halves were, particularly, were pra- sorry, practically on the penalty spot for the majority of the second half. Such, you know, 
such as how deep they were, um, and particularly their, their defensive line. But full credit to them. I mean, as I say, they've not had a great start to the season at all. Um, you're just your first. You're thinking first game against Celtic. Players are up for it. I believe it was the highest attendance um, for St. Martin, um since the since they opened the new ground. Um, so that shows obviously there's a bit of positivity about about Kearney, mm-hmm. um, and they did well, and that's a very good and respectable point against Celtic, who did rally, um, didn't really create too many clear cut chances in the second half, but I suppose that's to be expected when Superman sit in like they did, um, and and they're down, and Celtic are down to ten men, um, so a good, a really really good start and, and impressive. Um, I did think someone would make it difficult for Celtic on Friday night, um, and Celtic weren't great at all. Mm. To be honest, they weren't. They weren't particularly. They weren't as you'd expect, and I suppose it kind of just goes along with the theme. You know, they've they they did play well in the, the old firm game, but they have sort of. It's been a stop start, a stop start, a stop start start to the season. Um, I suppose you could call it from Celtic, but some run well worth their point. Mm-hmm. Do you think Olivier and Cham left the stove on? He seemed determined to be sent off. <laughs> ah, he's uh, he's realised that he's not put his house alarm on or something like that uh, as he's got to the ground. Uh, it was just it was daft, wasn't it? Especially like having been booked already and then to go and do that. You're just it's just one of those things as a supporter. It's just so frustrating to see. Because, because obviously I say as a neutral, I'm not really neutral when it comes to Celtic, as I'm sure everybody knows. But like as watching that game, uh, not not being a Celtic supporter, obviously you can see it coming, and then obviously you can imagine that Celtic supporters could see it coming. So there's the added frustration mm-hmm. there of seeing it's coming and it being your own player, um, and it's just very very silly. But to be fair, I. The, the sending off, I think I think Simon were more than competitive even before the sending off, to be fair to them. Um, but yeah, very, very stupid from them, Chad. Uh, they've got Rosenberg Europa League on Thursday. Um, already bored of this game. They'll probably win. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, it, we've seen it before. They'll probably win mm-hmm. by like, like 3-1 or something like that. Uh, I don't think they'll encounter too many problems. To be honest, I think Celtic really should be mm-hmm. looking at trying to get out of that group. Obviously, Leipzig are a good team, um, but Salzburg are probably... Um, Salzburg obviously are a good team as well, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty important for okay. Celtic to yeah, be getting through that group, um, in all honesty. Moving from Europa League to the Championship. Um... Championship's more glamorous, more exciting. Yes, very much so. <laughs> And that's why I endorsed on the United States forever. Um, this is where I get payback for your comment about the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> um, my the aforementioned Dundee United won all with Morton. Tell us about um, that one. Shabal Aslo doing a get it up you to the fans after five he scored, which a great <laughs> PR stunt. Um, Johansson's first game in charge. Obviously, he was at Rangers last season. Is there much of an opinion held? About him, <laughs> um, I'm not really sure in terms of coaching. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. he was obviously he was the kind of assistant to Marty. Um, and to be fair, Johansson, he's actually he hasn't come in for much flack for that because Marty was such a kind of lightning rod for a lot of criticism. Um, so Johansson remained. Relatively unscathed, and I think a lot of people were fairly were okay with the idea of Johansson being kept on at Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, that didn't happen. Gerard wanted his own guys in and things like that. Um, but the the one kind of glowing thing from Johansson's time at Rangers is he is the one that recommended Alfredo Morelos. Um, so mm-hmm. you can you can take credit for that. Uh, I wouldn't have really ever thought of him as a manager, but obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's an it's an interesting appointment. I was going to say it's a, um, it's obviously Dundee United um, away as your first game is difficult, but then I would be talking about ten years previously, wouldn't I, Tom? So um, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, a good uh, say a good start for him, and I, I hope he does well because he seems like a a, a nice guy and, and and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, I never made it to Tandice. It was my great grand's 98th birthday. Um, so celebrating that as opposed to wallowing in that. Well, you've had a defeat like draw. <laughs> I think you've wallowed enough over the past, what is it now? It feels about 30 odd years Dundee United have been stuck in the Championship. Yeah, it feels like 30. I think it's closer to three. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's but... unprofessional, but it is very funny. <laughs> Somewhere in between there. Um, another side who are having a tough time of it at the moment is mm. Falkirk, who are 2-0 up against the air and then they don't get a beat 3-2. Is it time for McKinnon out? Um, shortly, maybe, yeah. Falkirk, they'll just re- mm-hmm. they might as well go through everybody until Connor Park just gets the job. Because... Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I saw they were obviously just looking through the scores and that at halftime, obviously being at Ibrox and things like that, I was looking, I was like, because obviously Zach Gordon's on loan for Rangers, and he's a fairly, fairly highly rated prospect, so he'd scored Falkirk or tuna up, and you're kind of like, right, Ray McKinnon, he's a guy who obviously knows the league very well, they kind of, this is, obviously, Air United have been doing well, um, but Falkirk, this is Falkirk kind of back on form, as you would expect them going away to Somerset Park, still be a difficult game for them, but they're but they're winning. And then I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really speak to Johnny much about because he was him and uh, I think him, Hamish, and Kemp were all at Somerset yesterday. Um, but it seemed to just completely all well it did all fall apart for Falkirk in the second half. And you just kind of wonder, like Air United, as good a start to the season as they've, as they've had, a terrific start, exceeding the expectations. And Falkirk, no points after five games. It's, it, it, and and they've changed their manager in that time as well. You know, it's it, and then they've gone away, they've gone two 0 up and lost three two. Um, it's it's fairly dire, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Connor Park there, uh, and this is just I uh, just thinking this: if he were to stay at Falkirk for the rest <laughs> of his life and made a, an amazing. Um, contribution to the club right and the chairman the then chairman decided right, we're going to honour him by naming the stadium <laughs> after him would they call it Connor Park Park or Connor Park uh, they could call it Puff Park mm. uh, the opportunities Connor, are endless the Connor Park Arena um, I think mm. I think Connor would appreciate a kind of sponsorship deal with like a local takeaway establishment um, he's very mm-hmm. fond of his takeaways as Connor, so you could have like what was he, mm-hmm. he, when he stayed in here, he, he liked a chippy. So whatever the local chippy is, I think he'd probably just like forfeit the rights to the stadium to them. <laughs> I do like the idea though of Connor Park Park. I think that would be quite mm-hmm. good. Should start a like a, a GoFundMe to make this happen. Yeah, I suppose you could sponsor the stadium to do yeah, that. Yeah, you could sponsor it and then say, I want it to be called Connor Park Park. Mm. So if you're listening, still listen to us, which I don't blame you if you're not. Um, let's try and get that on. Um, send us mm-hmm. money anyway. Money. Just, yeah, send us money anyway, <laughs> I was going to say, we need it. Because then, aff- then we can afford more members, mm-hmm. so you don't have to listen um, to two of us. And actually, good quality. Yeah, it would be a bonus. Um, one side you could do with a bit of money <laughs> is Partick Thistle. That is a very good link, and I like that. Mm-hmm. They got beat 3 2 by Inverness. They did. Are Partick in trouble? Uh, it would appear so. As I say, it's a good job for, for Partick. The, the uh, previously mentioned Falkirk are taking the shit show um, title off them. At the moment, uh, they're not looking good at all, really. Six points from from five games. Partick, you would expect to be one of the favourites um, to kind of go back up. Uh, but it could just be a case of just obviously t- taking time to to um, to get accustomed to a new division. I mean, uh, Inverness were 3-0 up after 32 minutes. Um, and Partick's two goals came. Um, it was a late rally. Spittle scored in the 82nd and then Dylan in the 93rd minute. Um, but I say they're also going away to Inverness. Inverness, obviously top of the league as well. Um, but Partick really haven't been great at all this season, mm-hmm. so far anyway. But I, I would expect them to get better. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, they've got a good enough team there for that division to to at least be 
I think in the playoffs come the end of the season. Yeah, they do have quality, and it would help if Koulibaly could his situation could be sorted. I think everyone wants to see how good he'll what, be. In the what is the what is the situation at the moment as it stands? Um, he they they don't have his. I'm not sure if it's the work permit or an official registration because mm-hmm. technically he's still contracted to Al Ali. Um, right. With the dispute over his contract there, but it would take it could the worst impact would be if he played, because uh, mm-hmm. then Partick could be due a fine, and they still could have to pay. I don't know, maybe a million and a half or whatever I think it was one point two million, they paid Kelly from, uh, Al Ali. They might have to pay that if whoever's in charge. I would assume it's uh, FIFA. Um. If they ruled in favour of Al Ali, but I think he claims he's a free agent, but I don't. Partick don't have, although they are run by the, the lottery winners, and um, don't think they can afford. Um, yeah, that kind of money. One point two million for a championship player. Um, not not the best situation to be in. No, um, rounding up the championship. Dunfermline, Alawa, Queen of the South, Ross County, um, a combination, two combinations of uh, those four teams drew nil nil. I don't care um, <laughs> to check. Uh, uh, I mean, if you don't care and your team is literally in that division, I'm not really <laughs> sure there's much mm. I can add. I, I'm really just throwing my toys at the pram because United drew. Yeah, because United drew, and it's mm. a Sunday night, and everybody else is passionate to the pod. Uh, to not do the podcast mm-hmm. mm. we'll get onto that topic soon as well yeah, scum mm-hmm. subhuman scum <laughs> um, so are you happy for me Fisher to rattle through the League 1 yes scores absolutely mm. I have had enough League 1 and League 2 in my lifetime to never care about those divisions again mm-hmm. no I'm joking but yeah <laughs> go for it League 1 uh, in an Angus Derby Bobby Lynn got a hat-trick as Arbroath won 3-1 against Forfar uh, Dumbarton got their first league win since the first week of the season beating Montrose um, 2-1 uh, Brecon picked up their 12th point from a possible 126 in the last two seasons um, <laughs> drawing one all with Wraith with Kevin Nisbet uh, scoring again he is on fire like Bobby Lynn uh, East Fife won 2-1 over Airdrie with a late goal or the late winner coming from On Lone Hearts Striker Rory Curry, uh, Stranraer won two nil uh, against Steny, meaning there's just three points between third and bottom in the early stages of the season. And breathe. For it. Happy for me to do the same for League Two. Mm-hmm. League Two, uh, Berwick defeated Elgin three nil. Two Greg Morrison goals. Uh, no, Elgin beat Berwick three nil. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good thing you're here. <laughs> um, cl- I might not know much, but I know that. <laughs> well, it's more than me, clearly. So, uh, Clyde beat Albion Rovers one nil. We've got a question about Albion Rovers later on from the Dutch listener that is Jan Spans, um, who hasn't followed me back on Twitter oof. yet. So, if you're listening, Jan, you're a marked man. <laughs> um, Clyde won one nil against Albion Rovers. Um, Danny Lennon's been linked to the post at Wraith would you take that job Fisher? Would me personally mm-hmm. take that job leave my current role in fraud prevention mm-hmm. to take over yes yes I would Good. No, to be to be fair like Danny Lennon at that level for Wraith Rovers in that division at, like in a league that Wraith Rovers really should be getting out of not easily but you know they should be winning that league mm-hmm. um I think that would be a fairly sound appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, Countbeath were beaten 4-2 by Peterhead in the goaliest game in the top divisions in Scotland. Six different scores as well. Don't see that very often. Not often you see that, yeah. Um, Sterling beat Queen's Park 1-0. Uh, Edinburgh City continued their fine form, making it six in a row. Wins beating Annan 2-1. And that quite nicely rounds up the league action and did you mention Sterling Albion winning one nil there? Did you? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm just looking at a different order from you. That's fine. Yeah. I thought I made another mistake there. Just, yeah, just making sure we've got all bases covered. Mm-hmm. 
And now for my favourite part of the show, and genuinely thank you very much to everyone that got in touch because um, we were struggling to fill this show, the two of us. Um, yeah. And that was even including the mistakes that I've made. Yeah, <laughs> we were gonna we we're gonna have to try and come up with a new feature of our own off our own back at nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> the closest I came to a new feature was the Connor Park Park. So, and I'm sure we all appreciate that. Yeah, but we shall appreciate these twelve questions tenfold as much. That, I think that's a burst ball mm-hmm. record, genuinely. I did literally beg on Twitter, in fairness. Uh, which just shows, even though people didn't know that it was just me and you, that the big names attract mm-hmm. the questions. Yeah, that's probably fair. I think without yeah. further ado, we shall get through these questions, right? And I've all these on 12 individual post-it notes. First question is from Ewan Wilson, Crystal Palace fan, like another friend of the show, Adam Oakley. Why has... Don't know why he's listening then, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Why has Stephen Dobby never been capped for Scotland? Well, I mean, has he ever really been good enough to play for Scotland? Mm. I mean, I know obviously he scored a lot of goals um, in the in the championship and things like that for Queen of the South. But when he moved to England. Was it played with it was Swansea, Blackpool, Blackpool, Palace. Palace? Don't know. I mean, like you look at his, he's played for Brighton as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most goals he scored for a team down south are nine mm-hmm. goals. Also played with Fleetwood on loan and Bolton. So I mean, he's not really been a prolific scorer anywhere else apart from Queen of the mm-hmm. South. Uh, and a short spell at the Barton, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that kind of. T- I mean, he's obviously very, very suited to playing for Queen of the South. He's comfortable there, and he knows. That he knows. Excuse me. He knows the league. Um. I mean, even like from two thousand three to two thousand five, when he was at Hibs, he scored five goals. Yeah, uh, sorry, no, he scored two goals in thirty five mm-hmm. games. So, I mean, the stats show he's never really been good enough anywhere else to, to merit a Scotland call-up, really. Could he get called up what I, from his Queen of South form? I would highly doubt mm-hmm. it, um, given <laughs> given we're speaking about Naismith, McBurney and who's that? Oh, yeah, Lee Griffiths. Um, I think he's maybe missed the boat on that mm-hmm. one. You never know, though, if he fires mm-hmm. Queen of the South to promotion. Um, it, Ewan's got another 30. question. Thanks. Will Kenny Miller be the next Dundee manager? Yes. Good, I like it. I, I, I am not having it any other way that Kenny Miller has not been offered the chance to play for Dundee and he's looked and gone, they're quite shit, he might get sacked, mm-hmm. I might get another chance of being a manager again. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, that was definitely in his thought process. Yeah, I would tend um, to agree with you there. Seems like I one. think even uh, on a temporary basis, at least if McCann or when McCann gets sacked mm-hmm. um, you would imagine he'll get put in um, question number three is from friend very close friend of the show Hamish Carton he asks at what stage can Hearts be considered genuine title contenders will it be when they're ahead at Christmas or now um, I wouldn't say now because They've not played Hibs yet. Obviously, they've beaten Celtic at Tynecastle, which was, and they were really, really good in that game. They haven't been to Parkhead, uh, Ibrox, and they haven't played Hibs yet. I think if they keep winning, and then they were to come to come to Ibrox uh, in three weeks, I think if they if they go in, say they draw a game, but they win they win the next two, and then come to Ibrox and get a result. I would probably say they would be title challengers by that point because we already, I mean, fifteen points for the first five games is very, very mm-hmm. impressive. If they keep that up into end of October, um, start of November, then I think you have to say so. Um, and then the momentum obviously keep mm-hmm. that that the good results then obviously creates momentum and that momentum will carry you through games um, and Hearts, I think on paper um, are better than 
you know, every team in the league bar two, um, I would say. So I don't say I think as I say, if they if they keep this form up and then get a result at Ibrox in a few weeks, then I would I would consider them genuine contenders um as early as that, to be honest. But again a lot of it I think depends on uh, what Rangers and Celtic do as well. Um if Rangers and Celtic start to kick into gear um, and one or not or if not both start to create a bit of a gap um, then obviously that that's different but I, w- I would say hearts as, as I've said in a couple in a few weeks if they come to Ibrox still in this form and get a result I would say that they're genuine title contenders mm-hmm. um, next question is from regular contributor to the show Kieran Pollard um, should Dundee fans crack each other's heads open <laughs> And feast upon the goon side. That is a cracking Simpsons reference. I think that's my favourite question. Uh, <laughs> I think you're more in tune with Dundee fans than I am. I'll I'll let you take the lead on this one. I think they should, Ken. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty bleak. Um, it ends at the moment. <coughs> more Simpsons-related questions on the show, please. Mm-hmm. And then I might do more of them. Moving from one. Uh, comedy to another Johnny Clark asks um, does the podcast need more members yeah I would say we need more reliable members I would say so. not members but I would say we need more informed members and mm. not people that just like to pretend that they know what they're talking about mm. especially with German football and everyone knows who I'm, <laughs> everyone knows who I'm talking about there at least we don't pretend we know what we're talking about. That's true. We're very open in that we are talking absolutely <laughs> shit. I don't... The world doesn't need more phony, mm. highbrow nonsense on this show. It's <laughs> informed guests. Less Johnny mm-hmm. Clarks and Lewis Kemp's, more us. The next question is from Gerard McMorrow. Was it correct of Miller to applaud back the Rangers fans after he got sent off? Um, Super scoreboard seemed to think not. I I thought the applause... I don't like Kenny Miller, right? Let's <laughs> put my cards on the table. I don't particularly care for Kenny Miller. I didn't applaud him yesterday when he went off. Firstly, because he's been sent off for a fairly poor challenge on our player. Secondly, because I think he's a bit of a dick. Um... I don't. I just. I didn't. It was just a bit cringeworthy, to be honest. The whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, I guess he wanted. It was like a thank you thing because he didn't really get a, a way to say goodbye to the Ranger support and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole thing was just a bit weird and a bit cringy, and I found it a bit. I was. It's one of those situations where, you know, everyone will know this when you're in a, when you're being surrounded by a situation that's cringy you're kind of just sitting there going god please let us finish and it just seems like it took forever for him to just get off the park uh, and i was sitting and every like, genuinely like everybody around me except myself and the two guys that sat beside me was like standing up applauding them and i was just like this is bizarre this is very very strange there were some boos though as well um union bears were booing him um but everywhere else seemed to be Rapturous applause, which I found a bit a bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think anybody's ever really in doubt that Kenny Miller's Kenny Miller's biggest fan. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not really surprising that he milked a standing ovation after being sent off for a stupid challenge when his team are three 0 down. So um, and that's us halfway through the questions. Roscom ninety four asks: roast beef or chicken dinner? None of them because. I don't know if this will be controversial or not, but roast dinners are rank. Wow. I don't know what's your unpopular opi- opinion. What's your opinion? Yeah, five hundred tweet. Um, <laughs> what's your opinion on roast dinners? Um, I could take most of them to be honest. Yeah, I, that, I um, probably just erring on the side of chicken. I would, if I had to, I would take chicken, right? But I hate roast dinners. There's just something very boring about them. It's like it's a Sunday, you're already in a shit mood because the weekend's over, war again. I'm getting a roast dinner. It's just bollocks, nonsense. Shite dinner. Absolute shit dinner. Hmm. Well, Roscom94 asks a second question. 
And this seems like it's sort of for the great philosophers in mind, <laughs> um, not for us. Neil McCann or Neil McCant? Um, I don't. I, would, I mean, he's, I know he's not doing a, a great job at Dundee, but to call him that is a bit harsh, is it not? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, it just depends where you stand on Neil McCann, I suppose. I, I like Neil McCann. I would probably go with Neil McCann. Yeah, I would go with Neil McCann. I like Neil McCann. A good, mm. a good bear, as they say. <laughs> um, there you have it. Thank you for listening and sending in your questions. I've been your host, Tom McKinnon, and we'll speak to you very soon. Thank you.